police in the morning. An axe killer stalks a lawyer and his girlfriend in a house that used to be an asylum. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are with uh, week four of Horror for the Holidays, and uh, we've come back with another movie that's not really fucking about the holiday. In uh, Silent Night, Bloody Night from 1972. This is like the fourth strikeout, I think. So um, you... Yeah, it, we, they've taken place on Christmas, except maybe Yule Log. No, but... this one didn't take place at Christmas. Oh, it's on the 24th. Yeah. No, no an incident happened oh. at Christmas like, well, never mind. like 40 fucking years before the movie. Anyway, you heard bullshit. what the, uh, the Google description had to say, which is absolute bullshit, because that's like the first, spoiler alert, the first like 10 minutes of the movie. And uh, it's probably the best part of the movie. So let's dive right into the shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Let's let's start with the bottom. Like, let's just get that out of the way. Uh, All right. There's yeah. You want to start this one off? Sure. Number three. So the lawyer and his Russian hooker girlfriend, whatever, were killed off way too early in the film. Surprisingly, they were the most enjoyable characters. Because as this movie started, I was like, eh, they're like not the best of characters. But nope, nope. They were the best, and they got killed off the first. Number two. This movie is so long and boring. It's only 85 minutes. But man, that 85 minutes was an eternity. And number one, the movie ends with a, with a twist a la Shyamalan. You know, somehow the former inmates of this asylum became the leaders of the town and are, by like all means, normal. Like, it didn't make any sense and it was just stupid. Yeah, I had very similar complaints. Number three was the acting and the sound quality really bad. I get it was 72, but it, it was just very not pleasant. And yeah, I don't think anybody was very good. I mean, mind you, we did watch this on Tubi, so it's probably whatever lowest quality, like, public domain version of this movie exists. Well, so. since we watched it on Tubi, the bottom, the number one bottom three would obviously be how many fucking commercials are on Tubi. Yeah, I know it's a free service, but come on. Like, it doesn't even tell you how long the fucking commercials last. And I, anyways, I'm, I'm getting off topic. Number two, like Corey said, oh, this movie's so fucking boring. Like, not a lot happens. It's drawn out. You're just waiting for things to happen. And... Yeah, not not really my my cup of tea. And, and really, like when I when I do get to talk about the plot of this film, like you will have to wonder how was this movie boring? Yeah, I mean it sounds really cool on paper, but yeah. And number one, so Corey mentioned the twist, but there was another twist that I found even worse, which was incest. Turns out that the um, Marianne, who was the daughter of the guy who owned the house, was. She had been um, raped and impregnated by her father. And, yeah, that's pretty fucked up, man. Not going to lie. Well, let's talk about what good we found in this movie, which, uh, man, was that, a, was that a tough one. Let's see what we can, like, force out of this one. So, number three, like, the killer does get his revenge in the end, so it's a happy-ish ending, I guess. Like, he... He, he got what he wanted in the... So, number two. There are a few good lines of dialogue that really were supposed to be deep, serious, and meaningful, but 
they were actually unintentionally funny. Like, I, I should not have laughed at this movie. Maybe I laughed out of boredom. I don't know. But uh, there were a couple lines that did make me laugh. And uh, number one, so there's a scene in this movie where the killer is just hacking up a car with an axe. And uh, so it's now headcanon for me that this scene was the inspiration for the car minigame in Street Fighter 2. So uh, thank you, Silent Night, Bloody Night, for the best minigame in the Street Fighter franchise. It's inspiring slashers and fighting games, apparently. Sure, you can. All right, number three. So the killer is genuinely kind of creepy, especially considering that this was made in 72, before like um, even before like uh, Black Christmas. So the whole calling people and being creepy and, you know, not seeing his face for a while, that was genuinely, like, you know, pretty creepy, especially for the time period. Yeah, everything we looked at this movie didn't call it a slasher film, but I would definitely put it in a slasher category. I think this movie is technically a, what do they call it, a Jello movie? Um, Jello? Jello. Jello. 70s. Yeah. Did they just put the film in a Jello mold and, like, (laughs) pass it out to theaters? I wish, but, I mean, that would would have probably made it more entertaining. Jello is, like, I think it's an Italian term for yellow or something like that, but... Basically, they, they, like, predated slasher films. They were, like, um, uh, let's see. I, I got the wiki, wiki page because I figured I'd be talking about this. But um, it's a genre of murder mystery fiction that often contains slasher thriller, slasher thriller, psychological horror, sexploitation, and less frequently supernatural horror elements. So it's kind of like the precursor to, um, to slashers. In fact, um, when Black Christmas came out, it was, like, um, it really shocked people because one of the... Uh, one of the main parts of a jello, or however they pronounce it, I don't, I don't speak Italian, but is the fact that the killer is almost always somebody introduced in the film. When Black Christmas came out, it turned, spoilers, we reviewed this one a while back, but um, it wasn't. It was a random person you never actually get to see, so that like kind of threw people off because everyone was expecting it to be somebody in the film. So um, um, Unless you watch the remake, and then Billy's motivation is jaundice. Because fuck the remake. That's stupid. (laughs) I'm going to continue to not watch that movie. So anyway, Paul, continuing with your top three. Went off on a little bit of a thing. but um, So number two. There were definitely parts in this movie that that clearly inspired a lot of uh, slasher films. I mean, the, like... um, killer who you don't whose face you don't get to see the whole calling people for uh and the whole cryptic kind of messages and everything um yeah you can definitely see the inspirations and i can definitely appreciate certain things about that number one you know the twist was unique um you know with the whole like oh it was an insane asylum and all these people in the town are actually crazy but for some reason act normally and you know the incest which as weird as that was, it reminds me of this um, visual novel I read like a long time ago called Umineko, which is about this this rich family on an island, and they all get murdered, and then the main character is playing like this um, whodunit game against these witches, and like turns out that you know the grandfather that there was another person in the house, that, like because there's a witch, and you know it turns out that's the um, illegitimate daughter of um, the grandfather and the mother is his illegitimate daughter. Um, it was really weird stuff and maybe none of it happened because at the end it turns out who knows what actually happened but that, that's another story. Maybe we'll do like a visual novel month one day but not this year. 
And yeah, that, that's about it. I, I, I've gone on too many tangents today. I, I apologize to the audience. So we uh, did mention the dialogue a bit, so let's have a uh, very, very short uh, edition of Quote Wars. Quote War. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us, who, tell us who had the better quote. I'll let Paul start with, you're older now and fat. That's why I'm holding a gun. That ends this episode edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time to give this film our final take. Our final take is a score on our shots. Our shot scales are a bar scale. One to ten, one being the best, ten being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a nine out of ten. I give it a seven out of ten. So, this is not a fucking Christmas movie, okay? It's about people not even close. who go to a house to die because they murdered some chick who was raped by her father and whose son slash grandson was sent to California but wants to sell the house. Yes, an incest murder fest. Not Christmas. It's amazing I was able to pay attention enough to get that many details out of the movie because, like, it, it just it moves abysmally slow. Like, just, just fuck this movie. Fuck this Christmas make-believeness of movies just to drum up interest in them. And just just give it a good old pass. You know, just, just don't even stop to think about it. Silent Night, Bloody Night, goodbye. Silent Night, Bloody Night is a movie I feel like I watched 40 years too late, which is something because I'm not even 40 years old yet. Everything about it feels dated, and I'm usually I'm someone who usually enjoys older films. It's slow-paced, boring, and the twist, well, not necessarily obvious. It was just kind of weird and kind of stupid. It constantly felt like the writers hadn't thought the entire story through before deciding to make, make the film. I can appreciate the murder mystery and the influence it had on later slasher films like Black Christmas and Halloween and visual novel like Umineko, which I'm pretty sure got some influence on it because it's, it's just, yeah, you'd have to play that. Don't watch the anime because they never finish it. But, um, and it's stupid. But anyways, um, however, considering how slow-paced and uneventful the majority of this film was, I would much rather watch one of the other slasher films that's inspired rather than sit through this one again. So, and for, any, for anyone wondering, like, so this movie, the event in the past, in the year 1935, that happened, uh, you know, was on Christmas Eve. So the movie itself doesn't take place at Christmas time. There was an incident in a flashback in the twist that took place on Christmas Eve. Like, like that's how they incorporated Christmas into this bullshit. Yup. So, uh, you know, we always have ways to drink away this flick. Drink away this flick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll get some drinking, about drinking games for this film. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time there's a point of view shot, take a drink. Number two, every time Toman rings the bell, take a drink. Number three, whenever someone gets on the phone, take a drink. And number four, anytime someone points a gun at someone else, take a drink. Every time someone or something is on fire, take a drink. Every time Marianne is mentioned, take a drink. Every time you see a portrait, take a drink. And every time someone mentions the insane asylum, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any other thoughts about this movie or anything else Beamer-related, let us comment either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at BeamerBros.gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com. Follow us on Twitter at BeamerBros. And personal Twitter at BeamerPaul. Check out all of the kind of good reviews, interviews, and chats on our website BeamerBros.com where new shows each week. Want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are right below. 
Well, we've come to the what will be the end of our uh, Horror for the Holidays month as we are going to take the uh, final week of the year off. So let's rank the Last all review of the, of the year. And unfortunately, let's, it couldn't have been a better movie. Let's, let's rank all the movies that we've seen so far. Uh, well, that, that we will have, you know, watched this month. Uh, and the number four spot for me, of course, is Silent Night, Bloody Night. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen a movie this bad and a movie that l- makes me long for the days of watching, like, the, the fucking rape zombie quadrilogy, trilogy, quintilogy, however many movies are in that thing. Number three, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 3. Better watch out with a buckethead Ricky and his, you know, flashing light and... Uh, Whispering Laura's name way too many times. Number two, Yule Log. Yes, I've, I've switched it up a little since last week. Um, you know, fun movie, real low budget, CGI Hydra, and, you know, fire on a stick. You know, it just it was really entertaining, really fun. You know, and, you know, after further consideration in the number one spot, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 4, Initiation. It was just honestly a good horror movie, and it think had the most Christmas to do with any of these things this month. So, uh, so yeah. It most closely fit the theme. Well, not only, I mean, this was horror for the holidays, and it, it talked about Hanukkah, it talked about solstice, and it talked about Christmas, so it did have the most holidays in it. So I guess, on a few technicalities, it, it can win out, like, in, in multiple ways. True. Good point. So for bo- the bottom of this I actually kind of went back and forth with this one because I didn't like Silent Night, Bloody Night, and I also didn't like Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. However, I wasn't really sure what, how to rank them because I had a, I had a worse time watching Silent Night, Bloody Night, but I can also see how it influenced other horror movies, but ultimately I put Silent Night, Bloody Night at the bottom because I just... I just had a really hard time getting through it, and I definitely think I drank more watching that one because it was just that bad. And so number three ended up being Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. Better watch out, and better not watch, as I think Corey said last time. Number two was Yule Log. I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's got Jeff fighting a fucking CGI Hydra. Like, what else could you, what else could you ask for? But Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation, which had, you know... A witch cult, a um, bunch of other weird shit, and Clint Howard. So, yeah, I ended up putting that as the number one for the month. Well, we've come to the end of this year. And uh, as some of you may know, if you've listened to us through the years for some ungodly reason, it's Paul's birthday amazing. month next month. So he gets to choose the, uh, the theme all, right. month, all by himself. Yay. Now it's Paul's time to shine. Let's see. I usually pick Kaiju Month because I do love Kaiju movies. So I'm going to tentatively say Kaiju Month unless I think of another month. So we're probably going to have our fourth or fifth or whatever number Kaiju Month, but we'll see. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more.